Joel Marion, welcome to the David Nurse Show. This is a long time coming, man. It's it's amazing to have one of my closest friends and brothers on the podcast. And I told you before this, I've been preparing for this one for like six months. So if I don't bring some fire on the questions, we have some issues. Joel, I like there's so many avenues and ways that we could go with this. You have a hat on that says rich in relationships. I think that sums it up better than anything else and who you are. I've never been around a person who pours more into other people and who literally gives and gives without expecting anything in return. We're going to get to that. But before we do, start us off with a bang, Joel. It can be anything. It can be something just crazy, wild, unique. Start us off with a bang. Yeah, so, you know, um, David, we have basketball in common. Uh David, uh, for those listening, David, actually, I'm coaching basketball now and um, long time, you know, coming on that 20 years being away from the game, um, you know, as far as being directly involved with either playing or coaching, you know, been around the sport in the last 20 years in many different ways. But um, David actually came in and uh, worked the team out the other week. We had a great time um, helping helping these kids get better. Uh, with their footwork and uh, lots of different things around shooting the basketball. So tied right into that. So it's my junior year. Okay. My junior year, Life Setter Academy Warriors. Um, had a very good team. Um, I played out on the wing. I was a six man, came off the bench. Uh, had a stud team, seven foot one guy, six eleven, six nine guy. Got a bunch of guys that went to Division One. But I was I was a catch and shoot, uh, you know, catch and shoot shooter, and I was also a very good free throw shooter. I actually shot a hundred percent from the free throw line that entire year. Now, you know, I was a catch and shoot shooter, so I wasn't going to lane everything. And, you know, as a six man, I wasn't getting the the same minutes as everybody else. But you know, I'm averaged probably four or five free throws a game, and. Uh, throughout the whole season you're looking at you know 70 80 free throws didn't miss a single one okay so here we are championship game for the district okay and there's one second left we're down one and uh they 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 found me stupidly (laughs) and um i go to the line we're and then we're in a double bonus at that point so it's two shots right i go to the line the guy, 100% from the free throw, free throw line, okay, all season, and missed both shots. We lose, we lose the championship. <laughs> I was crushed. <laughs> I was crushed. But you know, this is, in life, you're gonna have times where you may not perform, where there's setbacks, where you do get crushed. Um, but it was quite ironic. You know, everyone was stoked that I was going the line too. I mean, they were like. This is the guy we want shooting the ball right now, um, but unfortunately, the first the first one was short, and then I overcorrected, and the second one was long, right off the back of the rim. Uh, they caught the rebound. Clock ran out. We lost the district championship by one point. Man, sure. Nobody knows that. You didn't even know that. I didn't know that. I thought I knew like every story. I didn't know that. I feel your pain through this conversation. I can tell that's your biggest life regret that if you could go back, you'd redo it. But you know what that Oh, my my girlfriend was sitting like the whole, it was a weight game. Um, 
girlfriend was sitting in the stands and cheering me on. And I felt just like half the school was there. You know, they traveled in multiple buses to be there uh, at the at the away gym. And 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 the gym, the, the place that we played was like two and a half hours away. So wow. I had a very long night and ride home, a very quiet ride home <laughs> to think about it the whole way. So it was definitely one of my biggest, you know, uh, life life failures, <laughs> to speak. Um, but, you know, there's going to be stuff like that that happens in life, and it's a, your yeah. ability to bounce back that matters. And it's an incredible story that leads into the next point that I wanted to talk to you about is, is depositing failures. You wrote a great piece that you sent to me on depositing failures, exactly like that, learning from your mistakes, not necessarily mistakes, but learning from your failures. And your, I mean, your story is one of the most incredible stories of depositing failures. And, and I just feel like you have this never give up type of mentality. Can you walk us through where you learned this depositing failures is, is so important in your story of being a teacher, an author, and growing into one of the most successful businessmen, I would say, that is walking the planet right now. Okay, so question for you. What sounds better, paying $7,000 for a huge sauna that you probably don't have space for, or $5.99 for one that you can transport and take wherever you want? Hmm, I think the answer is pretty obvious. Higher dose. Let me introduce you to that name. I have been using it for a couple years now, actually. And it's literally my secret to taking high-powered naps. It's a sauna I can have in my apartment. I don't have room for a big, massive sauna, but I do for higher dose. And what are the benefits of higher dose sauna blanket? You kind of wrap yourself up in a cocoon. And I'm telling you, like my naps, oh, like 10 to 15 minutes off the charts. Enhances deep relaxation, improves circulation, promotes glowing skin, burns calories, encourages detoxification, pain relief, higher energy levels, reduces stress, promotes better sleep, everything that Asana does, but in a blanket that's very affordable, that you can put anywhere, higher dose. Yeah, check out higherdose.com code for you for listening to this podcast, David15, for 15% off higherdose.com. Let me know how you're liking it, how your naps are going, or just chilling in it. It's amazing. Go check it out. Get your sauna on today. Yeah, so to finish up that first story, um, the next year I had an opportunity. Once again, wasn't wasn't the district championship, but it, but it was a clutch situation down the end of a very important game. Um, you know, a little bit more time left on the clock, you know, 10 or so seconds, another time for – for them to get another possession in we got the stop on it but i did hit both shots on that one and uh you know which which uh took a tie game and put us up two um and then we got the stop down the other end of the floor and we won the game so you know i could have been crushed i could have got all in my head like hey you choked in district championship here we are again same position um but you know i worked mentally on the mental aspect of shooting the ball at the free throw line um putting myself in, in pressure situations uh, in practice and, and getting better with consequences if, you know, you didn't hit the shots and all that stuff and um, turned around and, and had the opposite thing happen. So 
moral of the story is that you, you can fail and you will fail. Um, sometimes you will fail over and over and over again, but it's what you learn from those failures and how you pivot and how you adjust after that are going to determine if you are ultimately successful in life or if you're going to be crippled by the failures and ulti- you know, and, and the end of your story is thrown in the towel and settling for something that's a lot more comfortable and a lot less risky, right? Um, so my story, uh, I, I graduated college, um, played basketball all my life, uh, got into fitness uh, during college, really heavy into fitness. I wasn't playing ball anymore, and I wanted to replace that and still stay stay healthy. So I got into weight training, um, became obsessed with that. Pretty much anything that I do, I, I get pretty obsessive. When, when I was playing basketball, like every every moment that I was wasn't a official practice i was you know getting extra work in. i told you some of the stories of yeah, yeah the the four hours of dribbling <laughs> in, a, in a room yeah, yeah that's four upsetting. hours of ball handling drills in a little classroom literally a classroom um you know with a rug floor um you know it's i was i always want to be the best that i can possibly yeah. be you know, and, and sometimes, you know, there's a ceiling there, you know, I'm not, I'm not Steve Jobs and I'm not Michael Jordan, but, um, you know, I've, uh, everything that I've done, I've gotten pretty, pretty good at it, uh, just by keeping, go back at it, work ethic. And then when things don't go right, switching. So college, um, getting into fitness, I end up entering this contest called body for life. A guy wrote a book, his name, Bill Phillips was a, the best, you know, New York Times bestseller for multiple, multiple years, actually, I think it was on a bestseller list for three or four years. And uh, that was that was tied into a supplement company called EAS. They had uh, these shakes called Myoplex. And they had this contest called the Body for Life Challenge, which was a 12 week transformation challenge. I decided to enter it. And I told all my friends, you know, I'm going to win. I'm going to win this contest. Um, and this was before I even really got going with it. And, and then they watched me all throughout and, you know, I was <laughs> eating my six meals a day and tra- traveling <laughs> around with my gallon of water everywhere that we went and peeing constantly. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I've, I lived it. I breathed it. I got super passionate about it. And at the end of it, you know, hundreds of thousands of people, global contest, entered this contest. And at the end, I won that contest um, for, my, for my category, male, 18 to 25 years old. You know, they had everywhere from all the way up to seniors uh, and, uh, you know, both male and female. But for male 18 to 25, I won that contest. Um, I did the opposite of what most people did, and I I gained muscle versus most people were losing body fat. And that was like my first big win. You know, I was a 19-year-old kid. I won $25,000 of all expenses, you know, trip that was uh, to Maui, all expenses paid. Um, me and my, my best friend, uh, G ball, who you've, who you've met, uh, we, I took him, uh, way back when we were 19 year old kids cruising around Maui in a little Jeep. <laughs> um, but that was a big deal for me, you know, and that was my first like really big win. Uh, and I thought like, Hey, this, this is going to set me up, you know, for the career that I want in health and fitness. Cause I was getting really passionate about that. So I started, um, writing articles and they had a partner magazine called muscle media and they um you know they ended up uh publishing one of my articles that i wrote and you know over time i learned that 
because I was one of their contest champions, they were a little bit more lenient on me and they did some heavy editor, did some heavy editing. Um, but they liked me for what I represented in the contest, but I wasn't necessarily a great writer. So I started submitting to other magazines and all my submissions were getting rejected. So here it is. Like I'm thinking like, I'm, you know, win this contest, got an article published in one of the biggest fitness magazines. And now I'm getting ready for another season of failure because probably my first next 30 submissions in everywhere else other than muscle media got rejected. So I started asking the editors, you know, how, how I want to eventually get published in this magazine. I've submitted three or four things here. Obviously it's not what you're looking for. Can you give me some feedback to help me? Um, so that the next time I submit, it'd be more in line with, with what you're looking for. So a lot of the editors were receptive to that because apparently not a lot of people ask for that type of feedback. They just say, Oh, you, you know, you, you know, I could, I could have the same attitude. I could have said, Oh, you know, these, this is great. This is great content. This is an awesome topic. These guys don't know what they're talking about. You know, they should be publishing me. I'm going to go start my own thing and whatever. Um, but instead I realized that, Hey, even if I didn't necessarily agree with everything that they said in their feedback, they were the gatekeeper. And if I wanted to get in their magazine, I needed to start listening to what they had to say because they were going to be the ultimate, ultimately the ones to make the decision. So um, little by little, I became better. I started giving editors more in line with what they were looking for. I, my writing got better. Uh, and then I started getting published in other magazines and online magazines and offline and trade magazines. And before long, I uh, I turned that, that season of failure in magazine uh, article writing to uh, a big success. And I was, had hundreds of articles published and I was um, pu publishing anything that even had so much as, as a, a lifestyle section in it. I had something in there, you know, not just fitness stuff yeah. like men's journal and women's day and other, you know, other very mainstream things that cover a lot of topics um, had an article in GQ. And like, so uh, here I am again, thinking like I've, I've figured some things out, right? And so uh, my next thing was, okay, I got all these articles published. Um, I had a couple ideas that I wanted to try to turn into a book. One of them was this concept around using your favorite foods strategically to rev up your metabolism and manipulate your fat burning hormones to lose weight faster. So the, the book was called uh, The Cheat to Lose Diet. Like normally you're cheating to win, right? But it's called The Cheat to Lose Diet. And uh, it's kind of a play on words to lose weight. And um, now, here we go again. Right now, I'm trying. I, I had the first three chapters in a really solid book proposal written, and I submitted to a particular agent that I got referred to by the editor of Men's Health. And the agent took about six weeks to finally get back to me and complimented my work, but it was a no because he had a conflict with another client. Then I submitted to another agent, and um, you know they thought I need to develop my platform. It took another one month. To get back, and then I submitted to a third agent, and you know, they liked it. Um, but their vision for it was for it to kind of be uh, based on where I was at and where my developing platform was to a trade paperback to start off a paperback. And I really thought it could be bigger than that, and I wanted it to be a hardcover book. Uh, so I ended up not working with them. So it's getting pretty frustrated because it was getting rejected, or at least it wasn't working out with multiple agents, and it was like. Now we're like four or five months into looking for an agent. And I'm like, I, I, 
I want a book deal. I want to finish this book, and I want to do this book post. And it's, yeah. it's, as you know, it's it's quite a laborious, long process once you even get the book deal, right? So, um, I said, well, I'm just going to try one more time with with somebody. So let me contact uh, the editor of Men's Health again, see if he has one more, uh, and and if not. I'm just going to mass submit to a bunch of agents that, that I can, you know, find online. Anybody I can find online who's who's in the agent world. I'm just going to submit to a bunch of people at once and see what sticks. So the editor of Men's Health got back to me and, um, you know, gave me a name. He said, this guy, his name is Mel Berger. He's repped, you know, Barry Sears in the zone. And uh, he's Joy Behar from The View, and he did LL Cool J's book, and um, he's a big agent. Uh, but I don't know him. I don't have his contact information. I just know he is a player in in the space, especially in the fitness space. And um, you know, you might want to try to get connected to him somehow. So I asked around. Nobody nobody had the connection with him directly. Um, I wasn't even a couple steps removed. Like, oh, I know an agent who knows him. No, no, nothing, right? So I just did some detective work on Google, and I found in one of these cached old web pages, uh, he wrote, you know, probably when he was just starting as an agent or something, he wrote some in some, for some industry publication. And he had his personal email address at the end of the uh, article. It's an AOL email, which obviously I knew was not his, his business email, you know, because uh, he worked for the William Morris agency, which is now William Morris Entertainment. And, um, but I'm like, hey, I mean, maybe he still checks this email, uh, this AOL email. I still check my hotmail. I still check my hotmail to this day, right? That was the first email address that I ever had. Um, so I sent him the book proposal via, you know, and I, and I had, a, you know, a confident cover letter on it. I told him, like, I knew it was... It was going to be a very marketable concept. I believe it has a chance to be the next big breakthrough in the diet space. And, um, you know, gave him my story about three or four people who uh, just wasn't the right fit or the right time. And I said, you know, if you can get to my my proposal quickly and review it, you know, I'll give you the first opportunity. Uh, but sometime, you know, at the end of next week, I plan on mass submitting if, if I don't have any representation. So like three hours later, Bing, right in my inbox comes this email response from Mel Berger. I'm like, holy crap. So I open it and he said, you know, Joel, thanks so much for thinking of me. He's like, I know Jeremy and this other guy, this other agent. He's a good friend of mine. He's like, I, I love to review the material. If you can give me till Monday, you know, I'll have a response for you then. This is like on a Friday, right? So he's going to, I'm like, this guy's going to prioritize reading my stuff over the weekend. I mean, that's, that's, I haven't experienced that yet. So Monday comes along, he hits me up and he said, I love it. I think it has huge potential. I love to represent the project. Um, we're going to put a six figure price on this. And I'm actually having lunch with a editor friend of mine tomorrow and I'll keep you posted. And if you'd like to move forward, here's an agency contract. So, um, <laughs> again, failure, 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 and then all of yeah. a sudden it hits, and I'm now I'm with like the biggest guy that I had even talked to up to that point, right? So now I'm just super pumped. I'm like, this is the, the you know even better than I thought it could be. Is the whole reason why all those didn't work out. And he had lunch uh, 
with an editor by the name of Heather Jackson, who was at Random House at the time. And she asked, she, she really was intrigued, and she asked for an exclusive submission, which is basically where we would just submit to them first, have them review, and then get an offer back from them if they were interested, and then only negotiate with them. Um, and if we weren't able to to come to terms, but basically that we would hold off on submitting until we had the, they had the opportunity uh, to work out a deal if they wanted to and hold off the submitting elsewhere. So I said, well, what do you think? And he said, yeah, this is, this would be a great publishing house. So let's, let's give them what they're asking for. Um, and they looked at my material the next day he calls me and meanwhile, I'm a high school teacher at this point. I, I forgot to say that, that I graduated college. I was a freelance writing hundreds of articles, but you know, that does not pay the bills. Even if you got a, you know, a few of these articles published a month, getting paid sometimes three, 400 bucks an article or something. Um, so it looks cool, but it's definitely not a way to make a living unless you got other things going on. Um, and I had, I was teaching uh, high school health and physical education. Um, so he says, hey, Heather, love the material. Um, she wants you to come up to New York for a meeting. Can you be here tomorrow? Um, and I'm like, um, well, I'm, yes, yes, sir, I'll be there. Uh, so I took a sick day <laughs> from my teaching job. I took the train, I lived in New Jersey at the time. I took the train up to New York City, um, just had a great meeting, crushed the meeting. And he, he was he was super excited about it. The agent was. Uh, they had their whole team on there. They were talking about book franchise. And see this being the next big thing. And, you know, like they were pitching me. Um, wow. So I'm like, this is amazing. And he uh, he I see, you know I'm getting ready to to leave. And he said, hey, keep your phone on. He's like, we're we're gonna get a call. He's like, so about an hour later, he calls me and says, you know, the offer is $100,000. And um, he's, he said, what do you want to do? And I said, well, what do you, what do you think? And I'm sitting there like, I'm like, yeah, well, let's take the deal, right? <laughs> um, it's, I'm, I'm making 40 grand a year as a teacher. You're talking about paying me 100 grand for this book. And then I'm, I'm thinking there's many more books to come, right? And it's just it's a start. Uh, so he said, you know, we can, we can start, you know, um, you know, pitching to other publishing houses. He's like, but I'm going to need you to come up to New York for a few days. And I'm, and I'm thinking like, this is not even feasible with my, with my work schedule. Um, I said, let's just, if we believe it, I said, I really jive with their team. Um, let's, let's just move forward. So we signed the book deal. Uh, fast forward a year and a half later when the book actually gets published. Um, I took the, the year off from teaching. I went on to, you know, sabbatical and, um, to be available to promote the book because I'm thinking this is going to take off. I'm going to be on TV. I'm going to be doing all these interviews and radio and everything else. Um, cause that, that at the time, that's the way, the only way I thought that you could market a book. Right. Mm -hmm. So, um, take the year off from teaching the book, uh, rolls out. We didn't get the traction in traditional media that we had hoped. Um, a lot of people either thought the book, the, the topic was too good to be true or that, you know, I wasn't a big enough name, you know, to have on the, on the show or something. Um, so we sold a few thousand copies of the book and then things died off. And, 
you know, these publishers, if, if things don't take off, you know, they got other titles coming out. They got to divert their attention elsewhere. So here I am, um, you know, two months probably into this, this thing being published. And it published in August. So about a month before school starts. I'm like a month into the school year. And I'm running out of money because I thought that I was going to be making a, mo- a lot more money from the royalties. I'm running out of money. Um, pay taxes. You start doing a, f- a few things that, you know, you think you have the money to do now. I'm, I'm sitting, you know, first row at the Eagles games in Philly, you know, and thinking like, hey, this is going to be my new way of life. And then next thing you know, there's no more money coming in. And I was very humbled by the fact that I had to go back to teaching early. And I didn't have the opportunity to do that at the school that I was uh, at before because they replaced me for the year. They had an interim teacher in my spot, which, you know, they're not going to yank that person out. They're there for the year. And I had to go back and substitute teach for $110 a day. Um, and the way that it works you know, with substitute teaching, you go on a, you know, uh, you basically sign up to be a uh, the substitute in the, in the district, in the overall county. And they call you at seven o'clock in the morning if there's somebody out and say, can you come in? And, you know, you either take it, say, yes, I can. Or you say, no, I can. And they call somebody else. So I would take all the jobs that I could, except for when my high school or the middle school uh, called that I was associated with. It was just an in, in, in between. It wasn't exactly the, the high school, the middle school calling. It was somebody representing a need for the high school. And I would not take any jobs at my own high school because I was embarrassed to show up when I was supposed to be on sabbatical to promote the book. Mm-hmm. And why in the world would I be substitute teaching? like regularly, you know, like four days a week. Right. So, um, so, you know, one of my favorite feelings in the world, it's getting a great night's sleep on cozy and comfortable sheets and blankets. And for me and my wife, that is absolutely cozy earth, cozy earth, comfort, more comfortable than cotton. It's made from bamboo and get this, it has been featured on Oprah's favorites list oprah yeah favorites list for the last four years in a row they even give a hundred night sleep test that means you can try them out for a hundred nights and if you don't like it you get fully refunded it's high quality so cozy so comfy you won't want to get out of bed and now i teach people to get just jump out of bed but with Cozy Earth, you ain't going to want to get out of bed. And what they're doing for my listeners is incredible. Never been done before. 40% off. Are you kidding me? 40% off? If you go to Cozy Earth, C-O-Z-Y, Earth.com, and enter the code DAVIDNURSE40 at checkout, that is DAVIDNURSE40, you will get 40% off the best covers, the best sheets you've ever had in your life. Trust me. You will absolutely love these. You'll probably be sleeping in the next time I do a podcast. Check them out, CozyEarth.com, David Nurse 40 for your special discount. You know, I was, I had a lot of shame. Uh, I was very discouraged. I was super depressed. Um, I, I avoided my friends and family even because every, every time I would go out and, and have, run into people, you see people, how's the book doing? Mm-hmm. You know, and I'm like, I have to, one, it stirs up all those emotions inside of you. And two, it's just like you have to act like it's doing well when you know it's not, right? So um, I just hated having that constant conversation over and over again. 
Um, and then later in the year, I decided to stop having this pity party and, and start dissecting what went wrong. Right. I, this is either going to be a learning lesson from the failure or I want to go back to teaching, which isn't what I wanted to be doing long term, long term. And I'm going to be that's going to be my career. I'm just going to settle in some comfortable job with very little risk to it. Not my dream, not my passion, pays the bills, which is I think probably what 95 percent of people end up doing. Because they don't yeah. want to push through these hard times. Yeah, you know, they chase something. They get they get knocked down. And they're like, oh crap! I'm, I'm not I'm not, not going to do that again because I don't like the way that felt. You know. So I knew that this was a marketable book concept. That is one thing that I knew. I'm like, I everybody I talked to about this is like, oh, tell me more. You know. Yeah. But I know that we just didn't get the eyeballs and the ears uh, that we wanted through the traditional media. I had some friends of mine who um, were writing that, you know, I was writing um, for certain magazines, that, you know, friends of mine in the magazine industry, and they were selling like their own DVDs, fitness DVDs uh, off their own websites and eBooks, downloadable eBooks. Um, and they were, you know, it was like supplemental income to them um, because they were, had a personal training studio and they were training athletes and stuff like that. But this was a good, income source for them and i'm like if they can do have supplemental income if i really go all in on this and, and go to try to understand it like i can make this a full-time income and if it's beating my teacher's salary whatever that looks like if i can get this up to 10 grand a month even then i'm making 120 grand a year it's way better than forty thousand dollars a year and i'm doing what i want to do i want to help people in health and fitness i want to impact other people um i want to help people get healthy and fit so um, I just got to work. I went back to, to school, uh, un, unconventional school, and I started taking courses about how to do online marketing and selling ebooks. And I got introduced to a guy named Ryan Lee, and he had this product called Fitness Info Products. And it taught you how to create an ebook, it taught you how to write a sales page, um, taught you a little bit of sales copy. And I was learning how to build a funnel. And then I heard, learned about this thing called ClickBank. ClickBank was the largest digital marketplace in the world where everybody, all the who's who of, of um, digital publishing were publishing their information, self-publishing their stuff. Uh, so I went on to ClickBank and I saw uh, that one, one cool thing about ClickBank was that they have uh, basically a bestseller list you know it's a, mar a marketplace a ranked marketplace it basically shows you what's all the um all the books and the and digital products that are selling the best in each category so i drilled down i went into the health and fitness category and i printed off the first two pages the top 20 20 products and i said uh i want to find out who all these authors are and i want to create relationships with them all 20 top 20 and like if i can do that then I know that I also learned during this whole thing about affiliates and affiliate marketing and people with, who have big email lists can promote your product. You pay them a commission, but they can generate tons of sales for you. So I'm like, these are all the guys that have big email lists in this space. So if I can get to know them, I can add value to them in some way and I can put out a good marketing funnel. Once I figure, figure out and learn how to do this, and I can get all the power of all their email lists, promoting mine, promoting my product. Like I could end up doing really well with this, 
because that was like the media that I was trying to get in the traditional space. That was the equivalent to that here. It was like all the biggest email lists in the fitness space with all the warm customers who want more fitness information. So little by little, I started reaching out to the individuals on this list. Um, and I did it in a way, you know, and I know we're going to talk about relationships. This ties right into that. I did it in a way where I didn't ask for anything from them. And I just tried to add value any way that I could to them. So I had some cool things going for me, even though it wasn't making me a lot of money. I was on the training advisory board at Men's Fitness and I could interview people for that magazine and get them published or make an introduction to the editor there and help get them published in the magazine. And I was um, a contributor uh, to the uh, lifescript.com, um, which was a really big newsletter at the time. And Jorge Cruz was another uh, author, big time author. And it, it was me, him and I basically did that newsletter together. And we had daily fit tips and I had daily nutrition tips. And um, even though Jorge Cruz was a multi best selling author, um, I was the guy, I was the other half of that newsletter. And, and uh, that was great exposure for a lot of people. And I could get snippets from them and quotes from them into that. So I just reached out. The first thing I did was I asked for a review copy of their product, told them who I was, who, you know, the different publications I was affiliated with and asked for a review copy of their uh, ebook. And then I would always write, you know, these are all good products. Uh, and I would always write a, a glowing endorsement from Joel Marion, you know, men's fitness training advisory board that they could put in their mark using their marketing on their sales page as a testimonial or whatever that it would help get them published and and uh would interview them for some other things so i started to be known in this very small circle of these 20 people who um all talked to one, to one another they're all close-knit friends because they're all once you get in you know, you realize it's a very small circle, right? Um, everybody knows each other. Everyone's kind of working together in some capacity. And one of the guys, the number one guy on ClickBank was a guy by the name of Mike Geary. And he had a, a ebook called Truth About Abs. And it was just about how most traditional information about building abs and doing thousands of crunches and all that is a bunch of junk. And it was really mostly about nutrition. Um, and uh, I, I started to create a relationship with him. I got him published in a couple of things and I uh, wrote uh, an endorsement for him. And I even said, Hey, you know, I, I want to get into this industry that you're doing. And I will, uh, I love to help in any way. I can I even, if I, if you gave me the opportunity to sh shadow a little bit of what you're doing, um, I'll answer customer service tickets for you for free. So before you think you have nothing of value, like, Oh, Joel, well, you, at least you, you were, you know, I had some stuff going for you on the training advisory board of men's fitness. You're like, what in the world could I do? I could never create a relationship with somebody like that. No, if you're just a good person, you know, you're a good dude, you're a good, you're a good gal, and you reach out to people with the right intentions, with what's in it for them, right? Not what, what is not self-serving. Hey, can I pick your brain? No, no <laughs> one has time for that, and they don't know you. You know what I mean? You know how many people want to pick successful people's brains? They got stuff to do. They got to move the needle forward in their own business, right? Yeah. So, um, uh, you know, kind of long story short, with with Mike, I I said, hey, Mike, uh, I started answering customer service tickets for him, and then I said, hey, I want to send you a copy of my book. You know, it's a tangible book. It was a good, it was a it was a well done book. It looked good. Um, 
I said, send you a copy of my book in the mail. What's your address? So he sent his address. He lived in Morristown, New Jersey. I lived in Burlington, New Jersey, which was 10 minutes away. So I said, this is the number one guy in the industry. He lives 10 minutes from me. So I, I emailed him back. I said, hey, I didn't even realize it, but you live 10 minutes from me. Why don't I just meet you over at PJ's? We'll have a beer sometime this week. And I'll give you the book in person. So he's like, yeah, that sounds great. He's like, let's do Tuesday night. I go and have this two-hour meeting, you know, to have a beer with mm -hmm. Mike Geary, the number one guy in the entire industry that I was trying to break into, all because I showed up and I was just trying to serve him first, right? The next thing you know, I am in sitting across the table, and he's just talking to me about his business i'm able to answer like the the, yeah. the pick your brain thing that i would have loved to do i made it happen for myself you know and i just got lucky in some respects but you're going to get lucky if luck is when um preparation meets opportunity right you prepare it becomes an opportunity and they call that luck no but if i didn't prepare and i didn't do all the things that i was supposed to do then that luck would have never happened in my life was it somewhat lucky? Yeah, that he was 10 minutes away from me? I guess so. Or you could call it serendipitous, or you can call it destiny, or you can call it whatever you want to call it. Bottom line is those the, the things will happen like that for you the more and more you put yourself in position for them to happen to you. Then, got, you know, I was getting together with Mike every other week or something like that. Now he's introducing me to other people in the industry who he's friends with. And next thing you know, 18 out of the 20 people that were on that list, I became very, very good friends with. Created relationships in a similar way with all of them. Mike talked positively about me. Why did he talk positively about me? Because I was adding value to him. And he thought it was, hey, if I can, he was connecting me with other people to add value back to me. But at the same time, he was connecting me with other people because he thought I could be valuable to them. Right, because I had already added value to his life, so he wants to refer me to a friend of his and add value to his friend. So he's referring somebody else who he views as valuable. So it's a big win-win, right? And the win-win is so huge when it comes to building relationships. How can you create a win for somebody else that's also yeah. obviously going to be a win for you, right? Um, and when you focus on the other person winning, oftentimes you're just going to end up winning yourself. So it's a great shift in perspective it's like whatever you want just start serving other people and it will eventually come back to you in ways that you can't even imagine because as you create more value in somebody else's life it's it's still it's the law of reciprocity yeah. people are not just going to especially good people who are, are came from their own hardship story right and all these guys that i met they all have their own story come from humble beginnings um, Mike was a geologist or something like that, you know, that he was personal training on the side. And then he got success in, uh, in, in uh, paid media and uh, running online advertising and then just blew up this thing called Truth About Apps. So um, now I got 18 powerful relationships. Uh, and not one of the guys, uh, who David, you also know, Craig Ballantyne. Craig was one of the top guys. He was like number eight or number nine on, on ClickBank with his program called Turbulence Training. And um, it was just kind of a, you know, high intensity interval training, formal weight training. 
Um, I actually helped come up with a name for MRT called Metabolic Resistance Training. And uh, well, there's another thing that I was really good at. I was like good at marketing concepts and titles and stuff like that. And so I helped my friend Vince Delmani uh, come with the concept of his book. His story was um, going from really, really skinny kid to gaining muscle, gaining confidence, all this. So he wanted to, he, because I had a, a print book, he had a desire to have a print book published as well. A lot of these guys who are writing ebooks are like, hey, I want to have a book in the bookstore. And I'm like, yeah, it's not that glorious. But, you know, like if that's what you want, you know, I, I, I can I can help introduce you to some people and I can help help you put a, a proposal together. So we came up with this concept called the skinny guy savior. And then all of the uh, chapter titles were like commandments. You know, mm-hmm. so it like had this religious tone all throughout to, to, to have, uh, you know, piggyback off of the skinny guy, uh, save your title. And he loved it. I had like a, a two hour phone call with him all about this and it helped him uh, develop this concept for a book proposal. That's how I created a relationship with him by adding value to him. Right. Um, so over and over again, fast forward, uh, I learned a lot about online marketing. Um, and this is what my life was like during this time, just so everybody understands this. I went back to teaching the next year after my year was over and I was still in the middle of building these relationships and all that. Uh, I wasn't selling any, any ebooks yet, but I did. I, a friend of mine by the name of John Berardi uh, was doing this online coaching, online nutrition coaching. Um, and I'm like, I could do both nutrition and, and uh, training. I was a certified personal trainer. I was also a certified sports nutritionist. So it's like, and I had all these articles that were being published. I had a really small email list of like maybe a thousand people or something like that, just for people who had trickled through my website to my website, because I'd have a, like a link to my website at the end of all my online articles. And um, it just had like a sign up for a newsletter. And uh, I had, I, I never even sent an email to these people before, you know, it was like sign up for a newsletter, but it had no news. You know, I didn't never, <laughs> I never actually sent anything out because I didn't know what I was doing to send, I had no real updates. I'm like, nothing's really going on. Why would I send an email? Um, but I had a thousand names. So I, I wrote, I learned copywriting. I mean, there's so many parts to this whole story. I mean, <laughs> uh, the, so I, if I go like, <laughs> so I've looked from through Ryan Lee, the guy who I learned fitness info products from. There was, and if I learned later, it was an affiliate link to this other guy, Yannick Silver, who was a, a great copywriter uh, to buy a copywriting course, right? So I'm like, oh, that's cool. He's he's just uh, linking that to one of his friend's products. Well, you got a commission if you know if I bought it. He believes in a product, but he got a commission. Um, so I go to Yannick Silver's website for the ultimate copywriting, uh, the ultimate copywriting workshop. And it was ten binders. And 10 CDs and 10 DVDs came in like this huge box and they showed the box that you would get and everything on there. And it had this beautiful sales letter, persuasive copy. And then I got to the bottom and it was $2,000. And I'm like, I do not have $2,000. There's no way. Uh, But I like, I just wanted to start saving up to get it, you know, because the copy was that good. I felt like if I could learn how to write the sales copy stuff, that's and persuasive copy, I could sell my ebook, you know, then it's just about learning how to get people to the page, but I can, I can have really great copy and build the sales funnel. Well, fast forward, I became known as one of the greatest direct response copywriters in the entire health and fitness industry, you know, throughout my career. And it all started from learning from Ryan and then this guy, Yannick Silver. But I didn't buy the $2,000 course. I found the course on eBay. 
and I bought it for 250 bucks in an auction. And I literally, it was like the auction was ending at like three o'clock in the morning or something like that. It was like based on wherever the guy was located. It was in Europe or something. And um, the auction was done. And I literally was waiting for the auction to end, refreshing the page and make sure that I was the highest bidder. And I stayed up to three o'clock in the morning just to make sure that I got the course. And I did, right? So I got the course. And I was studying all these materials. So I would go to work from, you know, wake up at 5.30 in the morning, be at work at 7 o'clock in the morning, teach my first class. I was there to probably about 3.30 every day. I'd come home, I'd get a little something to eat. I'd take a nap real quick because I didn't go to bed till very late. Uh, 5 o'clock to probably 2 o'clock in the morning every single day. I was studying. I was working on creating relationships with people who were in the industry. I was um, going through different courses on sales copy and product launches and ebook development and all this stuff, right? So I just became obsessed with learning marketing. And then I knew that if I get this marketing thing down and I have this affiliate army there, with all these e email lists, like I could have a really big product launch. So I was just visualizing every single day. Mm. In April, I'm going to come out with this ebook funnel and I'm going to be successful with it. And I'm going to have the biggest launch in fitness ebook history. I just kept saying it over and over to myself every single day, visualizing it, saying it. Uh, believing it, and then most importantly, putting in the work to make it happen, right? <clears throat> Visualize it, believe it, yep. you, you, you know, repeat it a hundred times, you know, meditate on it. But if you're not doing the work to make it happen in tandem with that, it's never going to get there. But I'm doing the work, right? But I'm also believing it. I'm visualizing all this stuff. Um, so fast forward, April comes. I have a, a, a great sales sales page. I hired Craig Ballantyne as my coach. He helped me refine the sales copy. Uh, he was a coach who had been there, done that. So I'm like, this is a perfect person to coach me. He was offering business coaching. He's the only guy out of that whole group that was also doing business coaching. So I'm like, I just, I'm going to hire the guy who's already super successful at doing what I want to do. So I hired him. It was six phone calls for $3,000 at the time, 500 bucks a phone call, basically. And um, I only used two of the phone calls because I end up becoming friends with them. And then we were talking all the time. So I always joke with them. He still owes me four phone calls, you know? Um, he told me that too. He said he still owes calls. Yeah, so, um, you know, when I, was, I hired him. He was actually one of the few people who I was not able to, like, get a, a relationship with or connection with on my own uh, without hiring him first. But then once I hired him and I got his ear and we, we got to, you know, chat and spend some time together, then we, we quickly became friends. And, um, you know, then, then it was just regular communication that, you know, that he wasn't charging me for at that point. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he still owes me $2,000 worth of phone calls. Um, so that April, we launched my product, had the sales funnel, had all the relationships with all the affiliates. I remember it like it was just yesterday. The launch started on a Tuesday at midnight. Uh, everyone mailed early morning. Um, I was, you know, went to bed probably one thirty in the morning, something like that. I didn't even look at the, any of the sales that came in late in the night. I woke up in the morning, slept in a little bit. Uh, I was a little, um, you know, a little apprehensive about checking the ClickBank accounts because I was when this is such a huge th moment for me. And I, you know, was I going to log in and it was going to be 
a few sales, a lot of sales, I don't know. So I logged in and I see in the account, there's 25,000 some odd dollars in there, right? And I'm like, okay, well, I got to pay 75% commission to all these guys. Um, but hey, that's still pretty good. You know, I made five or six grand, I think, so far. And it's just the morning or the first day of a, of a three-day launch. But I'm like, I'm not 100% on this because this, this is um, my first time using ClickBank. So let me just call. So I called ClickBank and some lady gets on the phone and I said, hey, I'm logged into my account. This is the first time I'm using the platform. I see this number here. It says $25,143.65. You know, I'm like, do I still need to pay affiliates out of that? Or is that like my portion of the sale? And she's like, oh, no, that's all yours. She's like, you, you're doing a great job for your first day. You know, and I'm like, <laughs> so it's 10 o'clock in the morning on the first day of the launch. And I already made 25 grand. You know, I end up making well over $100,000 uh, over the three day period, which was more than I made on my entire book. And it all got paid out that week instead of waiting a year and a half to get it in one third, one third, one third, you know, when you once upon acceptance upon acceptance of the of the manuscript upon publishing um so i had all the money there and then the best part about it is once i now i had an asset an email list i had six thousand new customers and we did like gross sales we did like a half a million dollars and it was the biggest launch in clickbank fitness ebook history exactly what i had wanted it to be it came to be and that's all f the legwork of a year before that, you know? So, um, you know, you look back and many times throughout that, I could have quit. Um, many times yeah. I failed. Many times things did not work out. Many times I was, it didn't work out to the point where I was depressed and I didn't even want to show face around my colleagues or be around my friends, you know? Uh, and you're going to have seasons in your life if you try to go for it where you fall flat on your face and it's embarrassing and people watch you trip and fall and people watch you face plant and people watch you try to get yourself up and you got dirt all over yourself and you got, maybe you got some scars, but you can either dust yourself off and keep going or you could go hide. And then once you... Yeah, you know, people stop thinking about the fall and move on to the next person that they're watching fail, and you come back out slowly, and then you live a mediocre, average life, right? Man, yes. um, or yeah. you can just say, "Hey, I fell, and I'm going to keep going, and you're probably going to see me fall again, you know, and you're probably, yeah. and I'm going to get back up, and then you're probably going to see me fall again, and eventually, um." going to fall forward and I'm going to be way further along, you know, and then eventually something's going to happen. Things are going to click. And that is what happens to everybody I've seen who just decides to keep going. Yeah, if you yeah. decide to keep going, you will always get there. Eventually it may yeah. seem like, yeah. man, it's still so far away. Then all of a sudden you just make the right turn. And there it is, the promised land, you know? It's like, oh, I didn't realize I was so close. I thought I was still hundreds of miles away, but nope. I just happened to have somebody direct me to that shortcut, and then there it is, right? Then um, you're going to have those breakthroughs, but you just can't give up on yourself, and you have to keep putting one foot in front of the other. And despite the failures, 
you deposit them. You have your failure bank account and you throw those deposit, you throw those failure deposit checks in there and they pay dividends. Trust me, it's the best interest in the world, right? It's, it's the best interest they pay. It's not like they, oh, you get 30%. No, you, you get like a hundred X, you know, the value of that failure by putting that deposit in, learning from the experience and then pivoting. From there, I had this email list. I was making money promoting, uh, you know, pro- affiliate products, partners, partners of mine, uh, people who promoted my launch, all those 18 guys who promoted the launch and, and a long list of other smaller affiliates. They had a um, complimentary products to what I had that I could promote. I was making like a thousand bucks a day just sending emails. Like literally working an hour a day, making a thousand bucks a day. You know, when I had to go teach for eight hours and make a hundred bucks a day, I'm doing what I want. I'm spending a lot less time and I'm just in build mode. So now, you know, I'm, I'm like, if I could do this in an hour, what if I actually work eight hours? What does that look like? You know, the next thing you know, my goal originally was to make 20 grand a month. And then I made a lot of money that one month, you know, <laughs> I mean, yeah. whatever, you know, like 150, 160 grand or something that, that, that first month. And then the next month I made like 30 grand and then I was making 30 grand a month for a couple months. And then I was making 50 grand a month, you know, and then I launched a new product. And then on average, like my first year, I made 700 grand net. My second year, I made over $2 million. Uh, the, the year after that, I was making a few million a year. Then I get introduced to this guy, Josh Bazzoni, who I helped. I became known as the launch guy in fitness. I went from a nobody in the yeah. industry to the guy in the, the industry guy. who would help Crazy. everybody else launch their fitness products. And so this guy, Josh Bazzoni, I got introduced, you know, by a mutual friend. And I ended up helping him run a launch. We did over a million dollars in six days in sales. And uh, a year and a half later, through that relationship, he asked me to partner on a supplement company with him. And that was my business, BioTrust. Um mm. BioTrust, our goal was to do 10 million our first year. Uh, we both were running ebook companies that we had uh, built up over a few years that were doing about 10 to 12 million a year. Or if we said if we could do 10 million our first year in supplements, then that would be amazing instead of building it up to 10 million. So that was our goal. Everything just kind of clicked. It was the right time, right time in the industry, right time in the marketplace, right time for the consumer, for the products that we were offering. And we ended up doing 80 million our first 12 months. Our first full year in business, 2013, first full calendar year, we did over 100 million. We built this thing up to do over 140 million. Um, then we went to sell the business in 2016. Another tremendous season of failure. Uh, spent a whole year trying to sell a package of company that fell flat on our face, it had no buyers. We went all the way down to the 11th, we had one potential buyer went all the way down to the wire with them 11th hour and they pulled out last minute um and we were devastated completely it was like it was like doing everything prepping so hard and then making it to the super bowl and then being on the one yard line and you don't score the touchdown and you go home and you might as well not even make the playoffs right it's it's, it's a zero that's it's you didn't accomplish your end goal so in business the Super Bowl of business is like selling your company, you sure. know? Um, so we lost the Super Bowl. After that, there was a lot of dissension in the locker room, right? And within our company, within our leadership, we lost a bunch of key players. 
a number of our executives uh, on our on our uh, C-level executive team, you know, our CEO, CMO, all the CTO, chief technology officer, all this, the three or four of the C-level people end up leaving because they thought, uh, you know, I'm, we were here because we were trying to sell the company and we had a little bit of equity, but now we don't even know if this equity is going to be worth anything. Let me just find something else, you know. So we lost people, me and my business partner, um, but it heads a lot. We actually had a big falling out. I didn't even know the history, you know, the, the future of Biotrust was very rocky at that point. And here, I mean, but I, I went back to like, how many times have I been through this before, yep. you know, yep. where once you've experienced it and you've got on the other side, you can kind of realize that I will get through this. I don't necessarily know what it's going to look like mm-hmm. on the other side, but I am going to get through it. And I was able to bank on, you know, a, you know, David David Goggins calls it, you know, the cookie jar. You just reach back into the cookie jar of your success in the past of every time you got beat up, but you still came out on top. And here I was again in that same situation. I've been, I've just told the story of five or six times that that had happened to me previously, right? Yeah. So it, hopefully if you're listening, you can understand that if you are going to be successful in life, be prepared to have the wind knocked out of you multiple times and you're going to have to develop resilience and grit and push through and bounce back. And just because you have some success after, after being resilient and then seeing coming on the other side and being successful, doesn't mean that it's going to be all success from there on out. So you're going to, it's going to be a constant up and down. Uh, the business is a roller coaster. There's peaks and there's valleys. You're going to be on the top of the mountain and then someone's going to push you off and then you have to figure out how to get back on top. Right. So um, it's not for the faint of heart, but hmm. you develop another thing. If you're like, oh man, that just sounds like I don't have that. I don't got what it takes to do that. You know, it's if I, all that over the course of a 15 year career and all those failures and bouncing, like it's just, it sounds like it would just kill most people. Well, probably most people, but uh, you develop, this is a, this is a muscle that gets developed. You know, yeah. I didn't start working out and, and see a guy who was bench pressing 300 pounds and said, Oh, that's way too much for me. It, well, yeah, at the time it was, you know, but you work out every day, you get stronger and eventually you can handle situations like that. And then you hit the 300 and then guess what? You keep building from there. Or maybe you have an injury and it's a big setback. And now you're back to bench. can't even bench 100 pounds because your arm doesn't work right, right? So, uh, and then you got to rehab and then you got to bounce back and then you work your way up and, and now you, you're benching 400 pounds, right? So like it's, it's up and down, back and forth, but it's a muscle that you grow over oh. time. I've had a very successful career, but it has been a career um, that has been riddled with failure. And the only reason why I continue to be successful and I'm going to fail again, like I'm, I already could tell you that when the next devastating season of my life is going to be, I don't know, but I, for sure it's coming. Yeah. Joel, that I, I, that's the most incredible episode story I've ever had on this podcast. You literally answered basically every area of question I was going to ask you through one story, (laughs) through your life story. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to do the best job I can to just kind of recap some of the points there. It's already past the hour. That was phenomenal. So we can 
sometime plan a second episode where we hit some questions. But but what you have is don't give upness. You have figure it outness. You have show up and serveness. Those three points will take you so far in life as it has for you. And it's like there nothing was given to you. You had to go get it all. You had to go earn it all. You had to build up that resiliency. And what I mean, we I, there's just so much more we could go into. Like you, you're the best person I've ever seen at developing genuine relationships. And just like you're telling about how, how you're pouring into these people, you've poured into me. Some of the most incredible relationships I've developed is because of you. You're that person that connects people. And there's nothing more powerful than that. So there's so much that I want to say here. But I think you said it all. Like, go back and listen to that. And what you did so impactful is at each stage of your life, you're like, here's what I learned. Here's what I learned. And you keep learning and you keep growing. And that word obsessed that you said at the start, like that's a good thing. People don't want to be obsessed. They think it's a bad thing. Just to wrap this up. So we're going to do another episode sometime in Tampa years from now. Days from now, we'll figure it out. We'll have Joel back on because this is just too good. But I'm going to wrap up with a Bible verse because one big thing too in here is like your faith is the constant. That's what drives your your resiliency, your faith in Jesus and devotion to God. Like I, I know for a fact, like myself, like I would crumble without it. I know you would crumble without it. I know we can go so in depth on this alone. But in an article that you sent me, I think it was the depositing failures one. Mm-hmm. You ended with Romans 3, 3 through 5. And this is perfect. I'm going to drop the mic on this, Joe. I'm going to drop the mic on this. I'll, I'll link to everywhere they can follow you, everything, all that good stuff. And we're just out after this. We can rejoice, too, when we run into problems and trials. For we know that they help us develop endurance. And endurance develops strength of character, and character strengthens our hope. And this hope will not lead to disappointment. Boom. Mike dropped. Oh, Marion, freaking love you, man. You are born to impact, and you are absolutely impacting. Man, thank you. Can't wait to see you soon, brother. Yes, sir. Thanks for having me.